Amber. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Megan, thank you. And welcome to Bad Movies Rock, Megan, co-host of mine. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. I feel seen. I feel heard. I feel like you're saying my name, which makes me feel, like, important. I'm sorry, what was that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Amber, how goes it today? Oh, how are you? you know. Let's um, talk. I think this is the best the best format for that. Let's 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 play some catch up. Let's uh okay. let's let's, yep. let's let's delve into each other's mental states. Perfect. Rather than talk about a movie. You know, I've been feeling rather uh melancholy of late mm. because mm-hmm. the road outside the house very muddy. Very muddy. Yeah, you don't you don't like those those like you know, snows a whole bunch and then all of a sudden it's back up to forty five degrees and then the snow all melts and then it's just I mean, you know, dirt road problems. Yeah, and then you've got a dog that's just covered in mud and salt. My dog is, and, oh, no, no salt. You don't salt a dirt road. Yeah, you Are make you a insane? Well, part of your road is 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 pavemented. The, the, yeah, when, once you get a mile up the road, it turns to pavement. That's when the salt shows up. But you don't, you don't salt the dirt. Are you, are you I mad? didn't say you salted the dirt. I said you walked with your dog outside and got salt on him. But what I'm saying is because okay. the road mm-hmm. is so muddy, I hadn't been walking him because he's uh, essentially like a tiny Swiffer. He's very low to the ground and very yes. shaggy. And it's, he's, he's miserable. I'm miserable with the cleanup. Yeah. No one has any fun. No. So we, we, we actually just started driving to the pavement and parking and walking as a, gotcha. as a simple solution. Yep. To and this then exciting. There you go. Pro- There's still no salt. salt. There would be no salt because, as I said, it is 40. The problem is that there is is. no snow and ice. It melted and now it's mud. No salt? Why why are you obsessed with salt? Why do you keep trying to bring in salt to my pointless story? It's a very good question. You're making me salty about salt. (laughs) I am. I tend to do this thing. Uh, Yeah. Have you thought of, like, shaving his underbelly? You and I both know that i do not have the precision to to do that maneuver someone would have to hold him i'd have to be more competent with my shaving abilities uh, it's just not gonna yeah. happen and his little belly would be so cold and it really it's it's the whole body like it's the the dirt gets kicked so it's like his legs his paws and the chest and belly and somehow it kind of gets kicked up even higher he's a talented dog amber he's very talented. low to the ground and made entirely of shag he's fizz gig with legs that is accurate He's either he's he's a combo fizz gig and Sir Didymus. Shit. Thank you. Sure Sir Didymus. Shit, madam. Sure Didymus. No, I was there was me not remembering. <laughs> I couldn't remember, Amber. They're sweet and fragrant. <laughs> and natural pass without my permission. Oh. Um, yeah. Did you know that they wanted to get David Bowie to play a vampire in this movie? In this movie. Yes, they wanted a cameo from Ooh. him, Mick Jagger, and somebody else I'm forgetting. Wow. It was um, also pretty interesting. They made the right choice in not appearing mm-hmm. in this film. Yeah, I heard that they blew their, their budget on, uh, on D- Donald Sutherland and... Uh, Rutger and, Hauer. Uh, Rutger Howard, yeah. <laughs> not Paul yep. Rubens? See, Paul Rubens was not in the mix of, of budget blowing. Paul Rubens was supposed to be played by someone else entirely. <gasps> Did you know this thing? Way to go, Paul. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, if you haven't guessed yet from this delicious cast of characters and the mention of vampires, vampires, that's the word, vampirism, vamp- mm-hmm. vamprosity, we watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We did the 1992 movie, everybody. Well, we don't do TV shows on this show. What What else would it have been, Megan? I don't remember. Thank you for giving the date as well. It would have been the, the 1980 Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The 20, 2019 <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, Carrie, Carrie Yules was the other guy that they thought about getting to I have um, play no idea who that is. Uh, um, you do. Uh, Princess Bride. Um, oh, Carrie, Carrie Elwes? Elwes? You said Yules. Carrie Yules? Yeah, Who the fuck is Carrie Yules? Oh, dear. Don't, don't princess bride me after saying Carrie Yules. Oh, boy. The fuck? Carrie Elwes. Carrie Elwes. So, Amber, um, Paul Rubin's character was supposed to be played by Joan Chen. Uh, supposed to be, um, yeah, a woman. And uh, then she bowed out to do something else, and so Pee Wee Herman came in. She made the right choice. She she went the way of Bowie and Mick Jagger, uh, undoing not this. So, Ember, this movie, this Buffy the Vampire Slayer 1992 version, the movie. Oh, dear um, God. <laughs> it, it is a, um, I, what I realized, what we realized while watching it, was it was just a launch for like a hundred different people's careers. Like, so many bit people, like, Ben Affleck is uncredited, Ricky Lake is uncredited, Seth Green. I mean, to be fair, we only see the back of Seth Green's head, but yes. Apparently he had a bigger role and then he was cut. Again, probably for the best. Yes, probably for the best. You're right. Yeah, this this movie has a lot of, of names and faces you would know. It is very much of the 90s, and it... I, this might be something people aren't aware of. It was written by by Josh Whedon. This this is his his screenplay, his his script. It was not made to his satisfaction. He he and the director Fran Kazui uh, did not did not share a vision, and he's been very vocal about this. So I imagine there are plenty of people who have seen the show, never watched the movie. Uh, or who who watched the movie and might like the show and feel guilty about having a soft spot in their heart for the movie. But in in our defense, the movie was made many years before the show. Mm-hmm. And true. for a lot of us uh, females out there, this is all we fucking had. It is, yeah, absolutely. There was nothing like this. So before we get into that, Megan. Yes, Amber. Please, for those who were too young, too old, or just too broken inside to have, have stumbled across this movie and watched it. Could you give them just a really, really good description of, of what they were missing out on? Yeah. So let me tell you, Amber. Um, so we've got um, Christy Swanson plays Buffy Summers, the vampire hunter. She doesn't know this at the beginning. Slayer, it's in the title! What did I say? I said Hunter. <laughs> Well, no, I was describing her com- job. Because they're two completely different things. I just <laughs> decided to jump in on you for no reason. Oh, worst. <laughs> um, so she doesn't know she's the Slayer yet um, until Donald, Donald Sutherland, who plays Merrick, shows up. And 
in the creepiest way I've ever seen, tells a young girl that she's the vampire hunter and he she has to come with him to the graveyard, Amber. It's the only thing that we'll do. She must see for herself what's at the graveyard. In the creepiest way possible. In, in the most, I am a serial killer and I worship Satan and I'm, I need to sacrifice your soul to him before the moon rises in the graveyard, so please come with me. It's very urgent. So if you're not aware of the general story of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, essentially there's a watcher who's Donald Sutherland. He's um like the guide, the mentor for the chosen one who's the slayer. And the, there's always a new watcher, there's always a new slayer, and they're always fa- fighting vampires. And so um, Don- Donald Sutherland has come to tell Buffy that she's the slayer, and now she has to fight vampires for the rest of her life. And so this movie, Amber, is about her accepting her role as the slayer, her training, her um, falling for Luke Perry, and, uh, yeah, generally her kicking ass and kind of winning the day against the vampires. Yeah, you're your typical, you know, Southern California valley girl, loves shopping, loves her friends, loves going to the movies and making out with her boyfriend. Vapid? Is that what they said? Vacuous is, is in Vacuous. the description. Yeah. Yeah. In the Amazon Amazon description they describe her as the most vacuous woman who's also That's... going to slay vampires. All she cares about cheerleading, boys, and planning the next dance. But she grows so much in this movie, Amber. Through murder, yeah. Through murders, yeah. Very competent murder. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, finding the right guy who's willing to change for her. Uh, oh, can't wait to get into that. And uh, yeah, and meanwhile, the the very concept of a watcher. One who watches. The, so the the lore that we're given at the very beginning... We're shown the Middle Ages, someone who looks, it is Christy Swanson playing a past version of herself. It is Donald Sutherland playing a past person of himself. He is aware of being reincarnated. He apparently right. remembers all of the past lives. Yeah. She Just does wild. not, except through dreams. His sole role seems to be initiating this inevitable cycle of training, her killing vampires, and then getting killed by Rucker Hauer. And then you just rinse and repeat. So his his job is to essentially raise a young woman to be a vampire killer and then watch her die and then and do then, it again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's, the fact it's a watcher is just a very sinister word. And his job is to not get involved. Like that's his job is like right. I, I just I just I'm just here to watch. I'm here to watch. He does a little training, but yeah, he's not there to like help attack he does very poorly in attacking oh yeah that's fucking hilarious mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's, it's a bit disturbing like it's just let's let's just yeah. keep doing the same thing it'll be great it is it is kind of a hellish concept of just yeah as soon as soon as you're you have the awareness of the you know infidy of your life where you just replay this role over and over again like when you're eight you realize okay i guess i grow up and i find this lady and then i tell her that she's gonna kill vampires vampires until she dies by vampires and then i'm gonna die by vampire anyway can't wait to be i do like grown up. Just, just die by vampire you know vampires die by, yeah you vampir. die by you vampired <laughs> you just gonna you got vampired you got vampered. You got vampered real good. Listen, 
People get vampered in this movie. What can I say? I'm for it. I endorse it. I'm continuing on with it. Beautiful. Yeah, that's a, and they they even have like a little heart to heart about it. She's like, "Sue, this is just your forever. What happens? Right? Okay, so like, on the off chance that we kill literally every vampire in existence, he's like, I guess I get to die. <laughs> right? He's like, I guess I get to go to heaven <laughs> or something. <laughs> he does. He does say heaven. Yes. Yeah. She's like, I guess you get a job. And then they talk about how she he he's always wanted to be a bootmaker. Yep. Which also suggests wants- that he has no jobs, which does suggest that he's squatting he? where yeah. they are. How does he feed himself? I don't know. Yeah. Is it, I mean, maybe his past lives have somehow made him independently wealthy, but that seems difficult considering the fact that he basically said he's literally never had a job. Right. Do you think they rob the vampires they murder? Yeah, that would make sense. Does it count as corpse robbing if technically they were already a corpse before they re-killed mm. them? Well, we had this very discussion um, during video games last night, Amber. And uh, if somebody's a corpse, it doesn't matter what you do to their body because they are no longer in it. I do not endorse this message, <laughs> as I did not endorse it last night. My question is a bit more, let's say esoteric, because we're mm-hmm, specifically sure. talking about undead corpses undead, yeah so the yeah. person has already been corpsified then got up mm-hmm. and started walking around again so in a sure. way while they were walking around it was robbing a corpse but what happens when they're right. re-corpsed yeah i mean and and you've got to assume that at least like these these like centuries old vampires must have accumulated a lot of wealth from their own you know murder and pillaging and corpse robbing presumably and corpse robbing so like is it right to then rob their corpses is it a two, like, two wrongs make a right? Sort of a repatriation? Yeah. Buffy the Robin Hood Slayer? Yeah. I don't Steal know. from the dead and give to the Watcher? I just, I really like the idea of, you know, just, just like doing like a vampire armed robbery. You know, she just like walks uh, up to them, threatens them with a stake and then like asks for all their money. And she's like, yeah. corpse robbing! Fuck you! And then kills <laughs> them anyway. I don't know. Then, There's just, for some reason that amuses me. She's just dunking on them before straight murdering them. Yeah. Yeah, take that. These are my musings. Vimper. Get, get in that vamper. Vimper, <laughs> yeah. what did what did Metacritics think about this movie? You know, Megan, the critics critics did not love this one. This one is not a cult classic. I mean, I actually based on the the, you know, audience versus critic reviews, it kinda counts as one. You've got forty eight from the critics and eighty two from the users. Oh wow. Interesting. I met um, 36 for the critics and 43 for the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. 43? 43, yeah. Interesting. Wow. So there's people right? got on Metacritic and just like, what's the opposite of bombing a movie? They gave it steroids? Yeah, uh, they juiced it? They juiced the movie? Juiced the movie? They nurtured the movie? That just makes it sound creepy, Megan. <laughs> They they gave it they gave it love. They and gently and, stroked the movie and... <laughs> in the way that it likes. <laughs> that's what I think graveyard. of when someone says nurture, and that's probably my issue. Oh dear, that's that can't be good ever. Mm. Yeah, I think my favorite hate review, and that uh-huh. I hate the review and possibly the reviewer, came from the Chicago Tribune. David Kerr. Kazooie has imposed a heavily block-lettered feminist message on the movie, suggesting that Buffy discovers her empowerment as a woman by driving huge, phallic states through the hearts of her enemies. In this case, having it all means being feminine and bloodthirsty, too. Hmm. Ew. 
And also, what does your dick look like that you think a steak is phallic? <laughs> I'm sorry, do, do you come to a point? Um, it's funny that I've got a, a, a different snippet from that same review. Um that uh, he says Buffy shuffles through a number of styles and approaches from the stere- um, satirical uh, blah 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 but never treats its material with much respect <laughs> oh you no you gotta respect the vampires, Amber you gotta respect the vampires. you can't you can't not respect the vampires, or they won't respect you <laughs> I don't know what that means You've got to respect this, respect like, your silly, silly movie. horror uh, comedy. Like it is, it yeah. is. A, it, to be fair, and a lot of the reviews talk about this. Like it's, it's, it's uneven. It's, it's definitely not yes. meant to be a horror movie, though. There's kind of scary-ish. There's a little bit of dark to it, but then it's, it's mostly sort of satirical, sort of comedic, mostly campy, and very right. disjointed. And and that's from my minute reading about it is one of the reasons that Joss Whedon walked was because he had a kind of a darker vision for this. Yes. Kind of the, along the darker comedy version. Um, and he was also, he got really mad at Donald Sutherland who apparently would just say whatever the shit he wanted to. Yeah. Um, apparently if you're Donald Sutherland, you're like, I don't like these lines. I'm going to make new ones. And everybody's uh-huh. just kind of like, I guess this is happening. I guess, I guess he's the highest paid person here so i guess we let this happen yep, yep um that's like i came across that i came across uh rucker hauer people kind of mocking the way he chewed up the scenery in this and to be fair like he is ridiculous but i think it's mostly yes. just fucking hilarious oh it's fantastic it's it's the, the, there are some lines in here that are so funny that are just uh, yeah it's hard to say whether they almost seem so sincere but they're Oh, boy. Yeah. But they make no sense. Yeah. They make zero sense. Ugh. It's very good. People seem to like Christy Swanson. I thought that she was pretty solidly kick-ass. I feel like a lot of kind of the actual kicking and a decent amount of the tumbling was, I think, her. Seemed to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mentioned the kicking, not the punching. It was mostly kicking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is and great. why walk if you can flip? I definitely came up from Obviously. Megan. Yep. Um, Paul Rubens was a standout for a lot of the, oh, the critics. Beautiful, yeah. As the, the second-in-command vampire who was just fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Joss Whedon singled out as being a delight to work with. Interesting. I mean, that makes sense. I would, be- I believe that. Yeah. yeah. I do too, honestly. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he great in Blacklist? He was great in Blacklist. <laughs> 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 oh my god yeah blacklist was hysterical uh god blacklist is almost good it's so almost good which i think so, is why i'm so mad at it yeah uh yeah for sure because it is almost good it's there, there are these pieces of it that i'm like oh that's yeah. yeah and then they do everything else it's like 20 percent almost good or good they focus on the wrong characters is the problem and they've, they've made it Absolutely. into a soap opera which is just yeah, I feel like that's a problem tiring. a lot of long-running shows, I guess. Yeah. If it goes yeah, past three true. seasons, I am on the fence about whether or not it's worth watching those next ones. This is a lesson I learned with The Expanse, and it's a lesson I'm learning with The Magicians, and it's making me sad. Yeah, I know. It's a bummer. <sighs> but I digress. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> so critics. Uh, yeah, critics. This was a 50 movie to me. Like 50, yeah. 60. It's, it's not, there's nothing to be mad at, necessarily, other than the fact that it's, 
the story doesn't really make sense. The, the, the beats aren't very clean or well organized. There's, there's yeah. just, there are a lot of holes and it's, it's a ridiculous vamp, vampire movie. Yep. But Vampers. it's, yeah. I mean, and obviously the show, which has its own faults and in many ways doesn't age super well, is a much better, and they had more time to do the storytelling, but it's a much better story, more well-rounded, more good moments and kind of they you get a clear idea from or clearer idea from that what he was talking about in terms of having it be darker and having it be right more darkly comedic than comedic and squishy so yeah i mean not a good movie but that's a 40 i think 40 is excessive there are much worse things out there yeah and and so to, to just hit on the the bad of like there's there's definitely um Christy Swanson has one friend who is black, and I think that's it for the movie, if I'm remembering correctly. There were some va- vampires of color. There were okay. indeed some. There were a few vampires <laughs> of color. Oh dear God! But she did have one black friend, and she is the one friend who dies. Yeah, she definitely gets eaten over all the other she friends. Gets, she makes right. it to almost the end of the movie, then gets mm-hmm. dragged kicking and screaming out the window after saving one of her other friends. Yes. Uh-huh. We don't see her again. Apparently, we no. don't care what happened to her. We see yeah. the others in, in the end credit scenes, but not, not that one. Yeah. I thought she was going to show up, but she did not. She did not. Presumably, she's a corpse that got a detention slip um but okay so so that's that's definitely a big mark on it um but like you said earlier that like this is like a a woman kicking ass movie and very few of those early 90s and it was nice to see fucking lady superhero who is the goddamn star of the goddamn show and then her sidekick slash love interest is the fucking damsel in distress Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's played by Luke Perry, and I think he does a great job making being a feminist fucking sexy. Yep. Yep. And I'm not even into Luke Perry that way. Mm-hmm. <sighs> too soon. It was taken too soon. I know. It is. Yeah, that, that is very sad. And yet Christy Swanson's still here. I'm not saying, I'm not saying she should have been taken. I, I am saying, though, that some of her views make me wish that Luke Perry were still here to balance her out. Yeah, she's a huge Trump supporter. Um, yeah, Chris, come I on, just, come on, Christy Swanson. Not why not this and you, you, even her her funny turns and psych cannot repair that for me. Yeah, yeah. This isn't about politics. This is about morals and sanity, which I worry she may lack some. I'm hoping she lacks some. Otherwise, it's a it's an intentional choice. Yeah, darkness. Damn it! I digressed again. So, yep. Anything else, Megan? Critical to say. I think that's all I got. Yeah, it's uneven, um, but, you know, we already talked about that. Um, Excellent. So Critics Corner, I mean, don't let the 43 stop you from watching it necessarily, but it definitely, unless you enjoy 90s nostalgia. Oh, boy. Or you just kind of want to tick it off your list. I'm, I don't feel like it's a movie you can go back and watch and really roll around in and love. It's, 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 watch it with someone who loved it, maybe, and, and let yeah, them let exactly. them guide you. But I, I wouldn't say like two, two noobs diving in are going to have fun with it. Yeah. Did you know, Amber, that my, um, my dad um, made me watch this movie when I was little? 
It was, it was his, he got very excited about it. Do you know that I don't care about your adorable familial backstory? Do you know that, Megan? <laughs> no, that's, that's, I, that's actually very cute. Is, I fucking yeah, love the idea of your dad being like, okay, little Meggie, you got to mm-hmm. watch this. 12-year-old, here we go. Let's, that, let's do it. That was a good thing to do. Like, yeah, I, I wonder, was, did he do it kind of consciously thinking like, she needs female role models? And not a lot of movies are going to offer that. I do remember him being very excited that there was a woman kicking ass. Yeah, I definitely huh. remember that. That just yeah. makes me so happy. Yeah. yeah. I love that because it's movies from the 80s and 90s, you know, movies from when you're growing up and you're single digits and you're just beginning in the double digits. Like those those kind of ensconce themselves in your heart and soul in a way that is mm-hmm. sometimes difficult to go back and watch. Like there's some that I just, that it, it kills the magic for me with adult mm-hmm. eyes. Yeah. In others, it's just, it solidly taps in. And we've, we've gone over them before. And, and this is definitely one of those movies where I know going back, like, oh, this is ridiculous. But I, I have it memorized. I watched it so many times because... You super did, yeah. You were, you said you had not watched this in a long time and then you would just spout off lines before they I, happened. I thought I did a good job of holding back this time. Uh-huh. I feel like I at least had a handful of times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can't help yourself, Amber. I, I haven't watched it in probably maybe two decades. I am mm-hmm. very old. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I watched it so many times. It was, I was a very angry and violent young woman. And I really, really appreciated a role model who was still a woman, but also just like killing people and taking charge and like not letting monsters run roughshod over human beings. Like I liked yes. that a lot. It made yep. me feel it fucking as hokey as it sounds. It honestly did make me feel empowered. It was like, oh, this is okay. Like I get, I keep right. getting called like names for not letting people fucking push me around or look at my skirt or pull on my hair or like all the stupid shit that boys do to girls. Mm-hmm. that i would get aggressive over like and and like when it was done to my friends i would get aggressive over it i'm not saying violence is the answer but i'm saying it was my response and mm-hmm. that somehow made me the fucking monster and so like watching this movie made me feel like oh oh this i'm is... not the problem isn't me <laughs> yeah no the problem was you didn't have a watcher, Amber. The problem was I didn't have a creepy old man t- to actually tell me how to throw a punch. <laughs> yep, yep. And give me my first punching bag. I had to get that for myself. Where were you, Donald yeah. Sutherland? Yeah, come on, Donald Sutherland. Invite Amber to a graveyard. That's all we're asking That's of you. That's all we're asking. But yeah, it's it's th- this movie kind of like set the f- the stage for like when when the show actually started. I was really into it because, like, once again, like, this time she's not just doing, like, gymnastics and really crappy hand-to-hand. Yeah. She's, like, yeah. it was actual martial arts. And I had just started doing martial arts because, like, first feel, like, strong, to feel safe, yeah. to feel like I could kind of control what happened to me in my body. And it was such mm-hmm. a nice fucking thing to see that happening on the screen and kind of feel like, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm not a freak. I'm not, like... What was what's the fun thing? Um, a butch dyke. Oh God! I'm gonna tell everyone. I'm gonna tell the world. <laughs> the world. Yeah, Christy Swanson steals a bike from a dude. He, he like he first hits on her because he's a 
dickhead. Mm-hmm. And then she steals his, she knocks him out, steals his bike. And then uh, he just says, I'm going to tell the world you're a dyke. It's like, wow. Okay. Hey, baby, want some real power between your legs? And she's like, oh, actually, yes, I do. Because she's in the process of like chasing a vampire. She, she knocks him off his bike, takes it. And he just screams, dyke! Dyke, I'll tell the world. <laughs> I'll tell the world is so good. <laughs> I just, I need to use that in my in my yes. smack talk. I'll tell the world. I absolutely want to do the exact same thing. Let's make sure we stick to that because it's great. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> oh, I, I like the idea of kind of like at the end, you know, when they're doing that end credit scene of the reporter. Mm-hmm interviewing people who were from the you know the final end and end scene disaster of like the, the biker just coming onto the camera grabbing the microphone and being like i need to tell you all something i've got, I've got something to i share have to with tell you. the world <laughs> i know what happened <laughs> yeah so mm-hmm. i don't know if i've successfully made this all about me but as campy and ridiculous as it is and we will get into it <sighs> yeah. Much some... like Wednesday Adams, she gave a place for my soul to rest. Yeah, that's nice. It's beautiful. <laughs> oh god. So, I'm fucked up. So Ember, how how do you convince a uh, cheerleader that she is the slayer? Oh. What would you do? Oh, Megan. Okay. So first, first what uh-huh. I do. Yeah. Is while she thinks she's having private time with her female friends and they talk sure. about private things, I'm going to sneak into the room. Yep. I'm going to sneak into the room. Then, I'm, then you know, instead of just like alerting them to my presence in some way or, or kind of standing uh, expectantly waiting for my chance to, you know, interject myself, I'm going to settle in. Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to yep. lean on something. I'm going my legs. I'm going to make it really clear that I've been there for a while and that I am observing them in their private social moment. Yep, yep, when they thought they were alone and without adult male gaze, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, 100%. Then, then I'm going to let her come to me and that I'm going to let her turn around and spot me again when she's alone. After her friends have left, I'm going to wait for them to leave. Yep. Then when she's feeling really comfortably private, ah, there I am. Oh, perfect, perfect. This is how we establish trust. This is, this how, is how we yeah. bond. This is, <laughs> this, is how I, this is how I do it. Time and time again, I always <laughs> know how to just make them feel at ease. Oh my fucking, yes. How many, he said he's done it with a hundred girls. How are you this bad at this? So bad. So of course, then, then, once we've established that trust, like just from the outset, I'm going to say the, the, the choice words. Yep. That put every woman at ease in a situation like this. You're alone, strange man, clearly been watching you for a while. I've been looking for you. Yes. Oh, f- great. Oh, good. Um, cool. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, no, 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 I'm here, here to give you your birthright. Is that like an inheritance or something? Yes, yes. I, I, but it would, I can't tell you about it. I, I have to show you. It would be mm-hmm. easier for you to understand this particular birthright uh, if I show it to you. So, so you'll come with me now to the graveyard. So you got you got to come with me now to the graveyard. If you if you don't, you must come with me now to the graveyard while there is still time to stop the night, darkness. Amber? On, On a, a school, school night, night. yeah, oh, yeah. That's man. that's the issue. That's the sticking point. Crazy man <laughs> watching me. Come to the graveyard. I have a gift for you. 
Yep. <laughs> this is your fucking sales pitch? Yeah. He's, yeah. He should be better at this. I mean, maybe the issue is that it's just too goddamn easy. Like, because he knows he's tapping into, like, genetic birthright memory, he actually doesn't have to put any effort into it, so he just goes full creepy to prove that he can. Yeah, it could be. Right, he bets himself. Like, this is the only thing he has, Amber. He has to bet himself. Okay, next time I'm going to do even fucking weirder. Next time I'm going to go real I'm going to I'm going to wait until she falls asleep, break into her bedroom, stroke her face and face and be like, "You need to go to the graveyard. You're the chosen one. You're the chosen one. I found you. Here's a stake. We're going to go on vampires. We're going to go kill some vampires." I know I know you have a mole on your chest. And you have crazy <laughs> dreams about past lives. Come on, let's go. It's time to go. It's time to go. Amber, what if what if um you've convinced her to go to the graveyard that one time with you, but then she misses your next appointment? How how then do you convince her to to come back and train with you. Mm, excellent question, Megan. I have something mm-hmm. for this. So because so breach of trust on her end. You have something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've done this hundreds of times. Of so. course, yeah. Uh huh. Breach of trust. She didn't show. We we made a deal. We made a pact. We went to the graveyard together. We killed some vampires together. We bonded. Yep. I explained mm-hmm. that it's her birthright and all. Oh, yeah, they can't come inside. I actually apparently didn't explain very much in the car ride no, home. No, no, With the traumatized young woman who just killed two people. Sorry, vampers. Apparently vampers. they're not people anymore. No. But then she doesn't fucking show. She goes to cheerleading practice. I find her mm-hmm. in the girl's locker room that I have infiltrated. So, of course, so of course, then, then my goal is to once again, so like, okay, you know what? You know what? I realize it's my mistake. My mistake. I didn't establish trust and intimacy enough on the first creepy meeting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I need to be in an even more private, secure place. So what I'm going to do is while she's undressing in the locker room, I'm going to show up. Yeah. All logical. Yes, go on. To let her know that like we're in this together. You and me. We, we're, let's fight the vampires together. And by together, I mean I watch you fight them, fail, and die. Mm-hmm. Come with me. Let's go train. Well, I don't want to do it. Oh, she doesn't want to do it. I hate it when they do this. It's their fucking birthright. They have to do it. I have to watch them do it. That's just how this works. What do I do? Oh, right. Here's my go-to move. I throw a fucking knife at their face. At their head. What the fuck, dude? There are non-lethal places to throw that knife, but you know what? I go big or I go home. It's going at the face. Yeah. Amber, only a chosen one could have caught that. And he knows because he's murdered countless <laughs> young women is, to figure this shit out. He's been wrong before. He's, oh boy. Oh, there's a lot of bodies. Some people just have moles, Amber. Some like, people just have moles, Megan. It's, they're not always the chosen ones. Moles and weird dreams. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Throws a knife at her head. What I do appreciate is the turnaround on that. She is pissed. Yeah, that you, is true. Like, he's like, ah, oh, you caught it. You, congratulations. Fuck you, I caught it. You threw a fucking knife at my head. I don't give a shit if you knew I'd catch it. Yep. And she starts threatening him with the knife she caught. Yeah. And then explains. Then he's all like, well, you're the chosen one. It's what you're supposed to do. But the difference between this chosen one and all previous chosen ones were sort of led to believe by the very poor execution of plot and story is that she's much older than she usually is when he's found her. 
Right. So at this point, he would have already had a chance to indoctrinate her with his doctrine of failure of, you know, mm-hmm. fight, fight, die. Uh, right. So she resistant to the whole birthright thing. Like, she's already got a life. She's got a boyfriend. She's got cheerleading. She she has a four-step life plan. Megan, if, if you remember, she wants to graduate from high school, move to Europe, marry Christian Slater, and die. And when she <laughs> says die, she just stabs the knife <laughs> right next to Donald Sutherland's crotch. Because mm-hmm. she's yep. backed him onto a bench with, yeah, it's great. And then she punches him in the nose. Which he deserves. Which she, she totally punched deserves. Him. Yeah. She, yeah, she's never punched anybody before. Yeah. That's actually what winds up convincing her. So like she's, he says some stupid shit after she says that she wants to marry Christian Slater and then die. And, and so she punches him in the nose, which he fully deserves. He slides back several feet on the bench. Yes. Uh-huh. And she's <laughs> like, holy shit, that was a good punch. Maybe there is something to this. I enjoyed yeah. punching you in the face. Yeah. And I didn't so she even break a train. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's maybe the knife throw move isn't about catching the knife. Maybe the knife throw move is about getting her angry enough to want to punch him to make her realize how good punching him felt. Yeah. And she just wants to keep on punching Amber. And then she does. Training montage, Megan. Yeah, training montage. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's he's really good at his job. He he knows how to motivate a slayer. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, Amber, the, we also get um, we you know we're also um have little little vignettes with uh Luke Perry and his friend Amber. Oh dear. Uh, his friend uh um, David Arquette. David Arquette. Yeah. Pike Pike and Benny. Pike and Benny. Ah, oh, they're friends, Amber. They're just kind of drinkers and mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. it's a star-crossed friendship yep yep and uh david arquette definitely gets vampered oh my god i love that scene yeah they've been <laughs> like they've, they've run into buffy and her friends in the movie theater buffy and her friends are being annoying in the movie theater that they'd snuck into because they're super poor and they encounter other bard again and again they're super poor and also very drunk David Arquette's Benny seems to be more misogynistic and, like, hateful towards women, whereas Luke Perry is just sort of, like, affable and friendly. He's like, I'm Pike. And then they go stumbling off into the hills, which are now infested with vampires. And a car... Sorry. I'm... Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Thank you, Megan. Thank you. Vampers. Thank you. And a car drives up on them while they're having a drunken conversation, which could have gotten homophobic and didn't. Yeah, I was impressed. As was yeah. I. Is it uh-huh. Benny's talking about how, you know, he wants to have sex, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, if I have another shot of this, I'll have sex with you to his friend Luke Perry. And the response is, yeah, but you'll never call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Luke Perry's yeah. character is a feminist and appears not to be homophobic. Thank you, 90s movie. You could have done much worse. Yeah. But I'll tell the world. I'll tell the world. <laughs> but then, like, Luke Perry, like, tumbles onto the ground because, you know, super drunk. And then Paul Rubens, the vampire, comes up and grabs Benny, David Arquette, just as, as Donald Sutherland is driving up and getting out of his car. He just sort of watches Benny get taken. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, that no one's gone. Well, that one's... Yep, just nothing. Can't nothing. get that one. I mean, I am a watcher. So yep. So I watched that happen. happen. Yeah. Yeah. He's dead. Oh, look, another one. Well, I guess I can take you. I guess I'll grab this one. I'll grab this one. Yeah. So I could probably save this one. Um. Yeah. So we got um 
Luke Perry in the mix, who, by the way, apparently, like, one of the things that um, they really wanted in this movie was Luke Perry. And because of 90210, they had five weeks to shoot this shit. Holy monkeys. <laughs> they shot this shit in five weeks so they could get Luke Perry back to 90210. Holy crap, those people must have been exhausted. Yeah, right? Wowzers. Yeah, Luke Perry's character is is is, is pretty affable, pretty friendly. Um, I think he's. I, I I I'm glad that they they went with him. I think he did an excellent job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like Luke Perry's response to finding out that vampires exist. I think it is yes. one of the more rational yes. "I know monsters exist" responses that I've come uh-huh. come across. Yep. Um, it's, you do. Megan made the good. So I was responding to the fact that like. He's really urgently trying to convince his mechanic buddy to help him get his van in order so he can leave. He's like, fuck, it's almost nighttime. I got to fucking get out of here. But my friend was floating outside the window. Vamp- I got to leave fucking town. This is bullshit. Good job, Luke Perry. Good yeah. job. Leave town. Smart. Yeah. Fucking go. But then you made the point of we're seeing this after the training montage. So you're like, well, it's been, it must have been like two weeks that he's just been sitting around. But at the same time, he's a very poor man. So it probably yeah. took some time to get the money. I'm just saying... Mm-hmm. he's ready to peace out and i respect that yeah and he didn't invite his friend in who was floating outside his window it took him a little bit of time to realize his friend was at his two-story window <laughs> he was sleepy and then he was just like mad at benny he was like he you're was... floating man <laughs> let me in no <laughs> you're clearly not I don't know what this is, but you're floating and you don't look okay. Yep. Go I do away. enjoy Yeah, I do enjoy that he's like he knows he can't let invite Benny in. He knows that he has to be home by dark. And he tells his mechanic friend that if if he if the mechanic friend sees Benny, he should run. Yeah. I feel like yeah. he's kind of done his part. I I yeah. respect. Yeah. Respect mm-hmm. for damsel in distress in a horror movie. Yeah. Yep. And then you get, like, the classic scene of him being attacked by Paul Rubens and a bevy of vampers. And there's, there's, he winds up getting Paul Rubens' arm ripped off. It's amusing. But then he, he, he crashes his van. He's still getting chased, so he goes to run. But then he trips and falls. Yep. This is usually yep. what happens classic. to the woman. Mm-hmm. And then, just as he's about to get got, here comes Buffy to save his yeah. ass. Rescued. <sighs> And is he threatened, Megan? No. He faints. And then he goes home with her. Yep. Yep. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> and then he's like super cool with being rescued. Yeah. Yeah. He really is. Which he should be because he, she fucking rescued him. Why should there ever be a conversation about like, well, I'm getting rescued by a girl. <laughs> yeah. You're lucky. You're fucking lucky. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, there's, there's something just delightful about that. And I like that that's followed by a scene of her having been all trained up and having committed multiple vampire murders of being back in high school and having her boyfriend's friend who has already up to this point objectified her. Like, yes. Asked to borrow her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And her boyfriend's response was, no, you'll get her dirty. Just real gross. Yeah, that's fucking gross, dude. As she's walking by him in the hallways, he reaches around, grabs a fistful of her ass and, like, says, mm, got to get me some of this, or I need me some of this. Mm-hmm. She then plants him in the floor, picks him up, and shoves him against a locker. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's very good. And doesn't apologize. She says, don't touch me without my consent. 
Yeah, which is fantastic. It might not be and consent, you know but who... she literally says, like, don't touch me mm-hmm. <laughs> without my permission. Yeah. And do you know who does get threatened by that shit, Amber? Her boyfriend, I believe. Yeah. Megan. Yeah, her boyfriend gets all, like, because um, she's, you know, pissed off and, like, her boyfriend does some sort of like middling like don't touch uh, my property yeah, don't, don't yeah but very much that yeah and um and then he tries to i don't know console her or something and she's like Ugh, stop get off of and, me yeah right <laughs> and and he just is is very much like well make a guy feel wanted or useful whatever the fuck he said but yeah very much a like this is the asshole way to treat that shit Yep, like between her boyfriend, her boyfriend's friend, David Arquette's Benny, and then um, Rucker Hauer playing like the evil vampire overlord who keeps killing her over and over and over again. There's this this great kind of, it, there's that cliche of like the romance of having like a monster murder you. <laughs> and in this yep. case, quite literally murder you repeatedly through the yes. ages. <laughs> yes. And... The movie does this great job of, like, having it be romanticized. And, oh, you know, is she ready? And you think he even uses the word ripe, and it's gross. Ugh, yeah. and it, Not it, ripe yet, so he doesn't murder her. Yep, yeah. just, like, you know, knocks on her boob. And like, oh, no, not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. And she's a fucking teenage girl. <laughs> and he's... So they, you know, they play that out. And then at the end... He's just kind of like, wait a minute, what the fuck am I doing? No, there's no romance in this. You're a fucking monster. And he just starts calling her bitch. Like, as soon as she stops letting, like, being under his literal control, the bitch comes out. Like, he he hits it hard repeatedly. Mm -hmm. You stupid bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Right. Because all before that, he's like, we're destined to be with each other. We're, you know, whatever, whatever. And, um. Yeah, but as soon as she's kind of out of his thrall just a little bit, he's he's fucking, yeah, he's fucking done. That is that is such a fucking trope of like vampire romance of you know the the woman is destined to literally be murdered by the dude. She should be obsessed with him and completely in his thrall and do whatever it takes to protect him and keep him happy and it's just this great oh no i'm gonna kill that motherfucker and then i'm gonna be mm-hmm. with the guy who understands that like sometimes i want to take charge some someone sometimes i don't want to take charge like i just want someone to support me that's fucking great like yeah. just it's it's not well done but it exists no. in the movie yes and it's like Those the are, mm-hmm. bones are there <laughs> yes absolutely yeah <laughs> this this is clipping to the end but like they have um <laughs> at the end of the movie they have like that exact conversation like sh- he asked her if she wants to lead in the dance and she's like oh yeah Luke, no. Luke Perry's character like after after all the vampires are dead and Rucker Hauer's been murdered and there's no music but they come together and they're traumatized but but alive and mm-hmm. they're gonna start dancing and yes he's like I guess you you probably want to lead right and she doesn't she says no he says me either and then they just they just kind of sway to no music and then she just kind of says quietly this is a good thing yeah it's Mm -hmm. just what a nice fucking moment it it was nice you know if you if you take away the fact that you know they were definitely dancing on corpses because they were in the gym where a whole bunch of people died 100 percent yes it's and there's a good moment um a little bit before that too when they first start dancing 
And he's like, will you, will you kick my ass if I ask you to dance? And she's like, maybe. And he's like, cool. And then they go and dance. And and he, he says, you're not like other girls. And she says, yes, I am. And there's... Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. That other... Like, I know it's such a small thing, but that assertion of, yes, I am. Like, this is... This is not abnormal to want to be strong and assertive and also potentially like super feminine. And like it's there's I like that kind of refusal of, wow, you're just you're super abnormal, but I love you anyway. It's just like, no, they're they're women like me. Yeah, no, this is not this is not abnormal. Like you just need to kind of get to know people and they'll show you who they are. Yeah. Like it's I I just I don't know. They're they're like again like they're little moments and they're good like bones of kind of refusals of gross tropes that have always made me sad inside. And then little gems sprinkled throughout. Stephen yes, so- Root has like oh my God. I was just gonna talk about Stephen Root. Thank you. Fucking Please, a. Take it away. Oh my God. He plays the principal and he just like, he notices, like he very particularly notices that um, Christy Swanson has been out of sorts. Um, And so he like brings her into his office and starts talking to her about uh, what LSD trips and, and stuff. And, and like while she's in his office, she picks up a tack and like um, blow darts it at a, (laughs) Yes. At a at a fly that's flying around and pins the fly to the wall, um, yeah. Don't don't think of me as your principal. Think of me as you know Gary, whatever party dude. <laughs> yes, Gary Murray, <laughs> I took, party I dude. I took a ton of drugs. Let me tell you about my <laughs> drug story. Oh my, oh my. But then the best part about oh best part about Stephen Root. Stephen Root is there. Okay, so this whole thing ends in a school dance that they've been talking about the whole movie blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, and Stephen Root is there at the school dance where everybody dies. Um, and uh, Amber, what happens? But how, how does uh, Stephen Root take this shit? Well, Megan, I'm, I'm glad you asked. He takes it as well as, as any man in a position of power would take it. He he cracks. He loses his, his goddamn LSD uh, adult mind. Not to suggest that LSD actually addles your mind. There's a, a lot of research out there. Habitual taking of it can, can really fuck you up, but occasional use is actually possibly very good for you. So, I digress. Recreational drugs. It's, it's, it's an issue. It's, it's not something that, you know, we can come down black and white on. That's all I want to say. But, okay. Christy Swanson goes to the dance. She just wants to be a girl. Her boyfriend with another woman. They have sex out in the parking lot, and she gets freaked out about losing her virginity later on in the movie it's a whole thing but right yeah her boyfriend had dumped her over the her christy swanson's boyfriend dumps her over her uh i was gonna say voicemail but it wasn't it was a answering machine (laughs) then dates her best friend (laughs) go go back go back farther megan go back (laughs) answering machine yeah yeah Uh uh-huh dumped her over (laughs) page machine a track oh god (laughs) (laughs) so essentially she's the dance alone she knows a vampire plague has descended on the town. And that they, <clears throat> they know. So, oh, God, I did it again. She knows a vampire plague has settled down upon the town and that they're out to get her. So she goes to a crowded school dance, leading them straight there. Yes. Luke Perry shows up to romance her so that she doesn't feel alone and sad and rejected by her friends who can't understand the person that she's becoming. And then vampires attack and start dragging people out through windows. Stephen Root, right at the beginning, Holds up a handful of paper and is like, I've got detention slips. You better stop being vampers. <laughs> oh, boy. 
And then students get slaughtered, dragged out windows. Ex-students and ex-human beings who are vampers get staked. They're just corpses everywhere all over this gym. Yeah. So as the, the movie is wrapping up after Rucker Hauer, uh, right before Rucker Hauer is murdered, you have Stephen Root walking around the gym, dropping detention slips on corpses. Just, it is wild. Just, I mean, all of them have stakes in them, so you have to assume they were vampires. So, of yeah. course, they deserve detention. And he's just like, detention, detention, detention. I think that's all. Oh, no, there's another one. Detention. And then, <laughs> and then as if that wasn't enough, Rucker Howard follows Buffy back to this gym full of people that she apparently went to for reasons we don't understand, knowing that he was going to follow her. And Hilary Swank, one of her friends, turned enemy, possibly a frenemy, I don't know, freaks out. And she's not wrong. She's like, oh, God, they're going to kill us because she's here. They're going to kill us because she's here. And like, yes, she's right. That's exactly what he's going to do. She's not wrong. Stephen Root casually walks by her, looks at her, grabs her by the forehead and slams her head into the wall, knocking her out cold. Just nonchalantly brains her (laughs) against the wall. (laughs) No hystericals right now. We can't afford them. There's corpses everywhere, vampire threatening to slaughter us with a katana, and I just, I can't handle your hysterics, female. Yeah, it's just it's so good. It's, I'd forgotten about that. It's great. <laughs> I, oh, they aren't helping, it's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm not sure she deserved to be knocked unconscious. Yeah. I mean, again, like, she wasn't wrong. Buffy being there made the big dude come and try to murder her there. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, maybe if she'd had a gun and was like, if I kill her, we'll be fine. That might have warranted a good yeah. braining, but... Yeah. Uh, I, I really like Stephen Root's character. Yeah, it's really good. It's a small part, but it's a really good one. Amber, I just need to talk, uh, we're wrapping this up here, but I need to talk about uh, Paul Rubens dying. (laughs) I know this will surprise you, but uh, that was, he did that all himself. That was not scripted. Uh, I I never would have guessed. (laughs) He takes like 45 minutes to die, and he gets up every once in a while, then makes those noises that Amber made and then lies down again. (laughs) (laughs) And then just lies down again on his side. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's really good. He was, he was, he was great. He was ridiculous. It was. Yeah. The ears, Amber. Oh, the The ears. ears. The ear prosthetics that they used to make them seem monstrous, monstrous were fucking ridiculous. When you become vamp, vamp, vampir. When you get vampified. When you get vampired. Your ears become, I don't know, half like mermaid fish ears or something. Mm-hmm. Sort of like flesh butterflies. Yeah, very, very ridgy mm-hmm. and pointed, both on the yeah. lobe and sort of like, well, some of them were sort of like only pointy at the top, but some of them were, yeah. were pointy at the top and the bottom. And the bottom. like Some of them yeah, were like, like ribbed for her pleasure. Some of them were just like yeah. really long elf ear kind. They yeah. were all different. That yeah. was, they were definitely all different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah, it, no. It was not oh. beautiful. But no, it, it was upsetting. But yeah. it was special. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this movie is, yeah, disjointed and weird and campy, and the the action is not good. It's not, oh boy. If if the things we've said made you th- thought the action was good, oh boy, it's not. They, like, yeah, Chrissy Swanson gets thrown, and then it cuts to her, like, 
you know, like jumping into the table or wherever she was supposed to be thrown. Like, oh boy. And the stakings. Oh God. Yeah. It's like upper chest, like through the sternum. Just, it kind of looks like their throat stakings with a lot of improvised items are somehow shoved through rib cages. Yeah. Guitars, chair legs, rulers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, almost the California flag, but it, it, almost, you know, yeah. that was just an improvised sword-like object. And then the chair killed Lothos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembering Donald Sutherland just walking up to Rucker Howard's character and being like, Lothos. <laughs> just, so yeah, there's this, like, halfway through the movie, there's this scene where they're just in a standoff. And it's like where Lothos uh, tells, Rucker Howard tells, um... Uh, Christy Swanson that she's not ripe yet um, oh. and they're all just standing around like like say I was gonna say shouting but they're not even they're just coolly saying jabs at each other and then Donald Sutherland walks up <laughs> walks up to Rucker Hauer in the slowest pace ever very <sighs> very slowly raises like a steak cross <laughs> And it's, then, very, it's very pretty. It's like cherry wood. It's like yeah, beautifully carved. Yeah. It's a very fancy steak. He's been holding it this like during the whole movie. And so you kind of think, oh, well, this will come into play. This is the special something, something or whatever. Nope. Nope. And then he just kind of tells Rucker how he's going to kill him as he's like slowly walking over. Standing like six inches from him, slowly raises the steak and says, Lothos. And then waits for Rucker Howard to grab his hands and then plunge the stake into his own chest. So, like, yeah. essentially, Rucker Howard, like, why are you staking yourselves? Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. He just turns it around. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, uh... And then, uh, and then it's, you know, this is impactful. Christy Swanson's character, her parents aren't really there for her, so he's clearly a father figure. He's dying. It's sad. And he's like, oh, don't be like the others. I'm dying. Just wait. And then the music, when the music stops, the rest is... <laughs> is, he, is he Eddie Redmayne, Amber? Yes, Megan, he's Eddie Redmayne. When he's dying, he's Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> oh my God. He has a stake in his chest, so he's he's redmaining. Uh-huh. This is beautiful. And then that leads to this scene where like, ooh, she's in Rutger Hauer's thrall, but then... Luke Perry throws his friend into a fuse box and electrocutes him, mm-hmm. yep. which shuts off the music from the dance. Yep. And she's like, oh, now I understand what, what Merrick was saying. When the music stops, the rest is silence. Ah, oh, the riddle is solved. The riddle to, 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 to what? What is, what is the, I, I still don't, so if, if um, okay, well, you, you're not enthralled anymore and you think he's okay okay fine i mean cool Just that that turned it okay sure. all right yeah and now now he's calling you a bitch all right uh i guess thank you donald sutherland for yeah. dying and giving us that wisdom yep mm-hmm. when music stops it gets quiet yep thank you it's beautiful that was unknowable without that kind of <laughs> death scene. It's that it's that watcher slayer bond. We just can't understand it. We're on the we outside. Can't. It's not for us. Yeah. No. Samber, yeah. what did you think of this movie? On the rock scale, regrettable, outstanding, craze balls or K? It's it's a K craze balls. I think you know that. It's it is you know it's it's in my little preteen heart and but it's it's not a good movie. But it is it's it, it's it's an important movie, 
I feel like. It is a stepping stone that I used to reach greater, bigger things. And that I used to justify the little rage violence monster that I was. It's like, oh, women can be angry. And they can use their fists sometimes. And sometimes, you know what? That does solve problems. And so I'm dropping bodies. Maybe those are evil vampire bodies. Could be evil vampires. So yeah. many corpses in this movie. They did not turn to dust. So they were just corpses everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, Just we didn't solve that in uh, the TV show by having them uh, just turn into ash. So, like, <laughs> it, so, so like in Do- Dishonored, you didn't have to, like, hide the bodies in dumpsters and shit. <laughs> As if you ever did that. You just had them get eaten by swarms of rats, you monster. <laughs> uh, you could also buy an upgrade that would turn them into ash, which was also useful. You monster! What? It's useful. People if don't you find the bodies. Of bodies? Yes, that's what I just said. Yeah, that's why your fucking city devolved into chaos because of your choices. Yeah. What did you think of this movie? Um. Yeah, I would call it a yeah a a a K craze balls. It's. I mean, for all the reasons we've said, it's it's not good, but it's it's good in its own way, in its 1992 way. It's got some good bones. Yeah. Bones. Infernal, Infernal bones, Amber. bones, Megan. <laughs> the bones. You see. <laughs> I love that no one knows what this is. Nope. They don't have to ever. <laughs> Just Not leave this in them, the podcast. It's, it's already me. too long, but we're going to leave this in for you. It's just for you, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> and she's broken. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, Giggles, my friend. Do you have yes. a happy story? Yes. So this was a video I saw where Dan and Erica were bringing... Abby and Maddie through a um, uh, a tunnel like it was all it was all Christmas lights and there's like a rainbow tunnel that they went through um, and drove through because you know that's how Christmas is nowadays and um, but <laughs> but Eric was asking Abby do you know where we are and Abby says a winter wonderland and then <laughs> and then they go through the this rainbow tunnel with all these Christmas lights and she's just like she um she loves it and it's so cute and and one of my favorite things that she does and I'm sure lots of kids do but like like (laughs) they're literally driving through it Dan's driving and then she says to Dan daddy look do you see it's like one of these like eyes can see this wonderful thing can you see it it's like yeah we're literally we took you here kid like, hey kiddo let's let's go see the giraffes daddy look giraffes, giraffes. <laughs> which is just it's so sweet right it's like one of these like see this thing that i love so much and yeah anyway and then also at the end she says um she's just kind of saying this to herself she says winter wonderland it's the coolest thing in town <laughs> it's just so cute it's it's like she's already composing instagram posts of her life but Uh she has not yet had the technology to mediate the experience so she's Mm -hmm. just she's just broadcasting her in the moment joy yeah it's beautiful it is beautiful and Mm -hmm. i loved that video it was freaking adorable it was really good emma do you have a recommendation wait i did think of something oh okay i've been playing a new game 
a, a videoed game. It's it's called Control. My brother recommended I play it some time ago because it was for free on his PlayStation gameplay prescription per, prescription sub, subscription subscription mm-hmm. prescription not yeah. given to you by doctors. But I didn't do it because I'm uh, very contrary. But it came up on Game Pass very recently. And I really am enjoying it. It's kind of weird. It's very quirky. It's kind of like a paranormal thing. You go into like this Federal Bureau of Paranormal Investigation. It's like under crisis by some sort of supernatural threat. And you are somehow like psychic and like powerful. And so like you have like telekinetic abilities and you can make shields out of like stones and like throw things at monsters. And the gameplay is really, it feels really good and really fun. And the story is also super weird and quirky. Like you're constantly picking up like semi-redacted documents about like objects of power and paranormal events. And you can like attune yourself to stuff so you can like dash and teleport and do stuff and you, you know, make. But it's like the the feel of the like ability to like telekinetically hit people with things is very satisfying. And they're like little things that you discover like there's they started making this kids show to like introduce kids to the idea of like paranormal events and it's like i'm in the astral plane i miss my home and it's like this puppet show to like introduce the weird creepy concepts in the game wow uh-huh it's 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 fun i i i recommend it it's um yeah very satisfying gameplay very interesting like kind of different story and you know you also shoot things so no downsides Control. Try it on Game Pass. Okay. Excellent. Megan, do you have a recommendation? Um, Amber, I do. Um, Why am I yelling? Who knows? Um, I'm going to recommend Nailed It, which I have been watching. I was was a bit behind. Um, The new new season came out in April. Um, I was kind of roped in by watching the um, holiday specials, um, which they haven't released one for 2020. Kind of hope they will, but who knows? with you know recording is like anyway um nicole if, if you don't know about this uh, nicole byer is the host and um she she's a comedian um she's a black woman she's amazing she's, she's awesome she can have my babies yeah she's she's just so good um and uh jacques torres who's like a pretty fancy dancy like pastry french pastry chef is the is the constant judge and they have guest judges in and the whole idea is like it, it's the Instagram thing of like someone tried to make something fancy and then they just really fucked it up. Um, and then like a before and after, like a, a what would it what would they were trying to do picture versus what they actually did. And then you say nailed it because you didn't nail it. Um, anyway, I uh, I kind of slept on it for a little while because when I I think when I first watched it, I I, I felt bad for the contestants, but. Then I've kind of come to realize that um, Nicole Byer is just a fucking genius. And like, she's actually, she and Jacques Torres are actually really, actually encouraging. And like, Nicole Byer, they'll turn something around that's just hideous. And Nicole Byer will like laugh uncontrollably and just say, say something like, I love this so much. Like, I can, <laughs> I see myself in her and like that kind of like, this is a train wreck and it's so good. I mean, um, we are the nailed it of movies, I feel like. I think that is absolutely true. Look at what you did. Look at what you did. I'm so proud of you. You made this beautiful mess. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it's very good. Um, I sent you a quote from the movie. From the movie? I sent... <clears throat> 
I sent you a quote from the TV show recently where uh, yeah, Nicole Byer's talking about... So many times. <laughs> she's talking about feminism. And uh, she's talking to... Um, what's his name? Adam... Scott. Scott. And uh, she, she says she's rooting for the lady. And she says, that's what feminism is. And he says, oh, is that what feminism <laughs> yeah, is? And she says, yep, ladies rooting for ladies. Plus, sometimes you push a man down the stairs and say, I'm the boss now. <laughs> that's how i got this job they hired a man he's dead now (laughs) that's it (laughs) and they cut away oh my god it's fucking genius it's yeah what she says how she says it oh my god have my babies nicole buyer yeah she's fantastic anyway yeah watch nailed it it's it's delightful so, Amber, that no. brings us to the end Man, of the show. I was, just, I was thinking about Nicole Byer being awesome, and then you did this to me. And now no. you've ruined it. And now I'm going to have to go drink heavily. Hmm. God, I need to start drinking. Anyway, Amber, I'll close like I always do. Mm-hmm. With my and sadness. Say, say to you, we have forgotten what rocks and plants still know. We have forgotten how to be still, to be ourselves, to be where life is here and now. Please tell me that's not some bullshit fucking Thoreau or Emerson. Please tell me you did not. No, it's it's Eckhart Tolle. Wow, somebody was doing some fucking hallucinogens when they decided to write some shit down. <laughs> you think Look I would at actually this rock. know? <laughs> Everything you need to know is in this rock. Think about it. And Think about it was everything a toaster. It's, it's like a mineral, but it like hangs out with plants. That's like, that's like racism. Like the answer to racism because like rocks and plants can be friends. Wow. Yeah, fuck this guy. Just do hallucinogens. You don't have to listen to what this motherfucker has to say. Bye, Amber. Bye, Megan. <laughs> <laughs>